on this episode of Quantum Week, August 11th through 17th, 2019. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about the movies and the music, the headlines, our personal stories from that time, and we are in uh, mid-August 2019 talking about Good Boys and Old Town Road by uh, Lil Nas X. Right. Anything we need to get to off the top? No. You just want to get right into Good Boys? Yes. I'm so excited by this. Yes. Yeah. Excited. You're not excited at I all. I am. I am. I'm always excited to do the show with you, Matt. I like doing the show with you too, but I know that you've been balls to the wall. And I know, I know this will come out on your episode tomorrow, so we won't talk about it, but you had kind of a rough day around... Uh, uh, no, we can talk about it. Oh, you sure? Yeah, because it's... Uh, it comes out at the same time, right? No, this comes out on Sunday. I don't even know what day I am. You're so bad with this. What, like, what, what episode is this? this is, Where are we? This is coming out on Sunday. My episode will come out on Saturday. Okay, yeah, so right. fuck it. Let's talk yeah, about so, it. So you, well, you, yeah. <laughs> just I drove to uh, the AMC Theater, which I'm, if you hope you listen out of theater near me, and uh, you've heard this already, but I drove to uh, the AMC Theater in Methuen, they played the wrong movie, then I had to drive all the way to the Epping to go see the Epping, the Epping to go see a, the up and coming, a, a, a shitty movie uh, that I they had stopped or they had started. Uh, it's a mess. Yeah, go listen to out of the theater near me to hear why I'm so tired. And I had, after this show, I have to go, go and tape out of the internet me as well to talk about yes, this thing. This is gonna your show tomorrow is gonna so be long. off the hook. It's so long. It's gonna have a lot of energy. I'm gonna try to zap all the energy. Oh from no, I'll, I'll, show. I'll, I'll, once I get telling the story of how annoying this was, be I'm, sure, I'm sure I'll right. Yeah, that'll, sure that'll perk you up. Just fine. Uh, I have a lot of energy. Always energy to do shows. Yeah. Well, you have, do you have a little, a few pops when I'll you're, one, uh, I'll, when I get home. When you're taping? I don't, not usually. Uh, I'll have one when I'm taping. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, there you I'll, go. I'll, I'll have, I'll Let have your one. hair down. I'll have one. Yeah. I'll I like one, that. Yes. I like that about one, you. One drink is it? Yeah, you, you, never, you, have, you have drink it right now. Yeah, just one, usually one. Sometimes I'll have two, but yeah, I don't that gets that. a little sloppy, so I stopped doing two. Um, yeah, uh, everyone says there. I'm the drunk, but you're the drunk. So. <laughs> I have one white claw. One white claw. <laughs> well, we, a loser. Well, what do you mean? Yeah, you like cool. the light, cool. yeah, you, had, you haven't had the light, white claw. Yeah, I don't drink those things. Have you had one, though? I don't like uh, carbonated. Uh, that's right. I forgot carbonation really fucks with you. Is weird, yeah. That's yeah. You're weird, but that's okay. Carbonation is pretty normal in booze, but that's right. Booze? Did you say booze? Ooh, you're drunk. Look at you, a big drunk. I'm not drunk. Uh, Barbara says booze too, and I tell her don't. It's the worst word for fucking alcohol. I hate that fucking word. Why? Booze. It sounds so stupid. All right. Don't use it. Okay. You don't have booze anyway. You have uh, very ciders, refined baby? ciders, baby. Uh, I'll have a nice cider when I get home. That's true. That'd be good. Okay. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to that for you too. Yeah, and even, uh, I'll pop some two tours as well, maybe. Who knows? After, after, after the show, you don't want to get. No, 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 no. Really after lethargic after in there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, good boys. Yeah. Pretty good. Not, not great. Give it like a B minus, entertaining for a lot of it. Sort of drags at the end. No plot, uh, but the kids are compelling. I like some of the themes. I also wondered how they were going to balance. Like, this is a Raider R fucking movie, but how are you going to do that? I guess it's just all the F-bombs, really. But I was really, I, I, I was like, this could get creepy and weird if they do some stuff that would make this Raider R, you know? And they didn't. Um, it was charming in, uh, in some ways. And um, 90 minutes and you're out. What do you think about Good Boys? Yeah, so like watching this movie, or when you hear the premise, basically an R-rated movie about kids, it's like, all right, who is this movie for? Exactly. But it's, I think it's actually for everyone. Yeah. Um, you can easily watch this with your 12-year-old. As long as you can get past the language, yeah. The language, fuck. You don't, fuck I you. don't care, but you know how some prudes are, Chris. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm casting dispersions on the prudes, and this is fine. And I know like, they show, like, obviously, like, sex toys and stuff, but if your kid doesn't know what it is, then they're just it's, as innocent as the kids in the movie. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, the, the, the charm of this movie is, is genuinely for everyone. I like this movie probably more than I should, but I really like this movie. We're going to give it a B plus. B plus. I really enjoyed it. It makes me laugh out loud a number of times. There's a few times. I, I really laugh. like the kids. Um, I love the personalities of the kids. I feel it's something that I haven't seen a lot of uh, in movies where you have, like, I love how one of the kids is basically like uh, a narc. Yes, totally. Uh, yeah. You know, the other kids is like the theater kid. And the other kid is, you know, girl crazy, which, you know, some of those things we obviously seen iterations of in media, uh, you know, of, you know, since time began. Um, but the, I, I don't know the combination of the three and the three play the kids are so earnest. They are. That's they are very earnest that you really, I don't know. Like you're totally along for this ride with them. And I just love the characters they meet along the way. The two teenage girls, uh, you know, you have Will Forte, who's great. He he's, great. he's, you know, uh, he's so funny. Steve Merchant's really funny yes. in a small role. Right. Um, 
and the parents. I just love how everyone kind of is interacting with the kids and the kids themselves. And, and because they're so earnest, everything has such high stakes for these little kids. Everything is <laughs> everything is yeah, completely like life or death. But that's how it feels it though totally when you does. are in junior high. Absolutely like, feels that way. I I remember like wanting to ask girls out in junior high and I would just be like stricken with like Oh my God, because if they anxiety. said no, everybody would know, particularly in a small school oh, like yours. Mine was awful. small, not as small as yours, but I only had a hundred kids in my grade in junior high. And it would get around. Everybody knew who everybody was, was dating. Everybody knew everybody. And then you think like when you're in your 20s, 30s, you ask like, as girl, no problem. Yeah, says, no fine. fucking, yeah, fucking. who cares? Uh, but like, right. The, just the pressures and everything was so, like, it wasn't just even asking girls that it was anything you did. Anything you did. Because, you know, think about it. If you're 12, you have such good a life experience to pull from. So every, everything really is such a big deal, especially when you tack on, you know, whether it be hormones or whether it just be kind of like. I don't know, just the, the drama of life is finally, you're finally kind of understanding that things in, might have. In junior high, you have a better sense of judgment of other people judging you. Yes. Than you do and when you are being judged a lot, but you yes. also just like, you're kind of understanding just how like some things in life do have permanent repercussions. You're kind of figuring that out when you're in junior That's high. That's true too, yeah. But when you're, in, but you're in junior high, you have no real gauge of that. So everything in life <laughs> is like a permanent record. You're right. Yeah, so, uh, record. Says yeah. it. Lucas even says it. This, yeah. this goes on your permanent record. But you, but you start to get that feeling. Oh, this could really affect the rest of my life. Right. But you don't, but you know, you, you're starting to understand that philosophy, but maybe it's not necessarily very true. Some things obviously can have a permanent effect, but most things won't. No. Um, you know, no. so, but for these kids, they're kind of forget, which is, I felt the same way that age. I remember thinking everything was such a big deal all the time. Every single thing, as minor as I realized later on, it was, it doesn't feel that way when you're 12 or 13. It just doesn't. It feels, it really feels like the world's going to end. Yeah. Um, I think so. And, uh, and this movie portrays that really well. Yes, because you see it through their eyes. Yes. And, and so you feel for it. And, and you can step back and say, okay, this is ridiculous and fun. But it's, it's funny and charming because you've experienced that. You know what it's like as, as a kid. And the you kids, grew up. I really enjoy how the kids are written. Um, the kids are very smart. But yet, really stupid. They are. Which is pretty much how 12-year-olds <laughs> are. smart, but really naive uh, and ignorant of things. Like, they don't know the sex stuff. Like, they don't know the They're drug stuff. They're stupid, too. They do stupid shit. They do stupid shit. And, like, but that's what kids do. Kids yeah. are, at times, if, if they're going to be smart, you know, if they're going to be smart people, they are sometimes smart. And sometimes they're just dumb as shit. And sometimes these kids are dumb as shit. And that's fun to watch. Like, I, I feel like it, it plays stuff pretty, as far as, like, um, how the kids react to things. It's played pretty down the middle, like pretty realistically. I think so. Obviously, some of the things that happen because you're seeing it through their eyes are, are, are ridiculous. Fantastical, yes. Right. But that's kind of fun too. And I think the movie is genuinely funny. I thought this was one of the funniest comedies I've seen in the last, hmm. say, three or four or five years. If you want to put a tight window on it. That's probably true because they're... Comedies, like, comedies have been awful. Totally awful. Because of all the PC stuff and then all the cancel culture and everything else. Like, so comedies really have kind of been stripped down. This kind of has some funny, like, nods and winks that where the kids are always so concerned about consent. (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) Which is very funny. Um, But because we're getting it from a different point of view than we're used to getting... um, it could take more risks, oddly enough. I'm sorry. I was just remembering the consent with the fucking sex doll is ridiculous. Everything is consent. It's so right. funny. But the, the, the idea that you could, you know, have it from a different point of view is um, allow them to have, take more risks in some ways and allow them maybe get away with some things that other comedies, just like a cartoon can get away with things or a song parody can get away with certain things. Yes. Having kids say it or do it also does the same, has the same effect. So this is actually for movie that's come out the last few years, really funny. And if I was of that age, if I would say 12 and this movie came out, this would have been like my favorite comedy. I ever. think I, I agree. Yeah. If I were a kid watching this, I think I'd, I'd, I'd probably think this was the funniest movie like, ever. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I probably wouldn't get Ghostbusters. I probably wouldn't get Groundhog Day. I would get I this. you'd get it. No, but you know what I mean. I wouldn't, but, I mean, like, this it wouldn't, movie would hit you harder because it's exactly. just about, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, a good comp, you know, I obviously the, the comp you always hear for this movie is super bad. I don't think that's a good comp. I, I don't think, think super, so either. I actually think super comp is uh, super, super, bad. Super, oh, super bad. Super bad is, uh, is considerably better. I agree. Uh, more adult, wittier. Um, Right, but the one, I guess the reason maybe it isn't a bad comp is that uh, you. I love how they're using, the kids are speaking naturally. In Superbad, that's how me and my friends talked. Like, yeah. We would say horrible things to each other. Right. We're, we're just complete monsters. Well, I'm not, I'm not surprised at that. You're a complete monster now. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and we, you know, we were just assholes all the time. And, and I feel like that Superbad really kind of plays that pretty true. They do. But then they, those kids still do stupid shit because they're idiots. Because they're <laughs> yes. teenagers. They're dumb as shit. Um, and I did super shit too. And then 
with this movie, I feel that, I mean, I don't know a lot of 12 year olds uh, anymore, but uh, you know, I did when I was 12, but I feel it's pretty, I'm guessing this might be how 12 year olds talk now. It seemed it's, it didn't seem like Unrealistic. fantastical in the no. way they spoke or anything like that. So I don't know. I felt really honest and real. I, I really, so I enjoyed that. Having said that though, super bad is a very different movie. With, it is. It's, it's differently crafted. Um, and is a better movie than this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and the scenes are more complicated. Like there's more. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's only, but like that's, you know, that's perfectly fine because when you're 17, you're more complicated than you are when you're 12. That's right. But if this movie is made for all like adults too, then it's, it's not as enjoyable for me as, as super bad. You know what I mean? No, Cause there's they, just a lot more going but they, on. But that shouldn't preclude them from making a movie. Oh, like not everything's going to be a grand slam. It's perfectly okay to hit a double or triple now and then. I agree. And this movie does that yeah, really partic- well. Particularly, this is well worth the 90 minutes you watch it. I agree. Particularly in this climate with comedy. Like you're not going to get another 90 minutes that is better than this. Very often in the last five years. Oh, right. It's a sad state of affairs. It is. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, th- I think this movie's really good. I, 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 I really do heavily recommend this. Um, I know uh, I watched, so I watched it. Second time I watched it. I watched it before at a desperation. What? Oh. Um, so Kirk talked about it a lot. Yeah, he said that he liked it. Um, and I was like, all right. And I was on an airplane right before COVID struck, I guess. It might have been right before, right? Actually, it was, might have been uh, flying home from winter meetings in San Diego. I had a long flight and I, uh, I'm like, all right, well, I'm on a plane. I'm kind of trapped here. I'll watch this movie. Yeah. I was like stifling laughing, like my laughter, like in the plane. So I wouldn't like come off as a psycho. Your seat buddy must've been so excited. Yeah. I, don't, I think I might have, I don't remember. I don't know, but I was, I, I forget if I had a seat next to me empty or not, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, but I was, um, I was laughing. It made yeah. the trip back from uh, San Diego, like a lot more enjoyable. It took, you know, an hour and a half where I really had fun. So I was happy to come back and revisit this. And I still laughed out loud at a lot of these parts. This is a, this is a genuinely good comedy. It is. It's not, it wasn't one that I sought out. I, I knew it existed, of course, but I wasn't like really like pumped up to see it or anything. But I was happy that it came up for us and gave me a, a chance to watch it. it. It was pretty good. So the guys behind it are Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stupinski. Yes. Stu, I'm sorry. Stupin, Stupnitsky. Uh, so those guys are the guys that uh, were uh, big time writers on The Office when Office was funny. So seasons like two, three, six. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the funniest office episodes, like the Michael Scott paper company, a couple other ones, they, they wrote or like, directed. And it looked like they co-directed that one. Actually. I know they, they wrote co-directed, it. they do everything together. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think, so, you know, coming from that pedigree, which I didn't know, honestly, until I started looking up stuff after I watched the movie, like, oh, it kind of makes sense. Like you can kind of see some of those like office beats or some yep. of those comedic beats, um, that this movie takes that, that, that like peak office takes. But did you see the other one? So I saw, I know, so they also wrote Year One and Bad Teacher. I haven't, I didn't, wasn't interested in Bad Teacher, didn't mm. see it, but I did see Year One with Jack Black and Michael mm. Sarah. Yes. I think so. Right. Not good. Well, okay. So I have not seen it. Got terrible reviews. It was, I think it was what, Harold Ramis directed that one? I remember this is his last event. movie. It was like 2009 or something. Yeah, I think it was right before know. he died. I think, it was, I think it was his last movie he directed. So, I mean, you oh. also have a, you know, talk a lot about how, you know, comedians have a pretty short shelf life, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially comedic directors. Right. So, that also could have been the director's fault. It might, you know, it also could have been a chance for them to work with. I mean, we don't, I don't know. I, I'm not going to excuse. It might have also just been a bad movie. Okay. Um, you know, it might have been a bad script. Well, did you I, see I the one? Did you see Bad Teacher? You didn't see this. I've not seen Bad Teacher. No. Yeah, I, it wasn't. That's the one with um, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't. They don't do a ton of stuff either, though. They haven't. They don't. I don't think they, it, they don't have any right now in production or that I could see. That was, I didn't like, see anything coming either. Out. Um, it's funny. The three leads here, uh, Jacob Tremblay, who Tremblay is very good. He's great in the room. He's great in the room. Uh, room, excuse in me. room. Uh, he's very good in, um, Dr. Sleep. It's a small role, Didn't but it is a really powerful role. And it is, uh, so he, you know, he can definitely do drama. He can do, yeah, he's got chops. Uh, he can do like suspense. Yeah. Um, and then he can do comedy. Um, so I, I, I think he's, obviously he's very good. Hopefully he'll have a good career too. Yeah. Um, and the other two kids are great. Yeah. Um, so uh, Lucas is Keith L. Williams and Thor is Brady Noon. Right. Never seen either one. I've, no. But, and yeah. it doesn't seem like they do a ton. I guess Brady Noon has done that Mighty Ducks um, oh. uh, thing for Disney Plus, whatever. Yeah. But I haven't seen them do much at all. Um, and uh, all three are great. Yeah. And and actually, that's one of the things that you really like is they take their friendship very seriously. Even though they're boys. very different. Beanbag boys. <laughs> they're very, like, they're, even though they're very different, they each have their own goals. And we see that throughout the movie. They kind of each, you know, move towards their passion. Right. One for rules, you know, one for women, <laughs> one for singing. Um, but... But I, but part of the charm is their chemistry and that they, they, even though they're very different, they care very much for each other. Yes. And that's nice. And I also thought too, it was good that they, it was a three friend group, a large group, like a Goonies group probably would have been too much for this movie. 
Yeah, you had to. You would have been able to connect and relate. You had to, the to have a B three. I mean, yeah. you know that way the friendship uh, is tight enough where you wouldn't have. You know, if it fragmented or broke off. You know, it, with three, if it fragments or breaks off, it's it's it destroys them. It does. But if it's five and one breaks off, it's like all right, we'll see the four of us. So, yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. There's. I mean, this tough with something like this because. Um, there's not a lot of depth to this film. There's not no, a lot of, and there's no plot. Like there's zero plot. Yeah, there's no plot. Uh, there's no like hidden or subversive messages here. It's just a genuinely funny movie that I enjoyed. Like, I don't. I don't have a, a huge review of it here. No, Soren I like too. Uh, I think his name is like Evan Wong. What's his name? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> he's just he made me laugh so much. The, yeah, the side characters are great. Um, and that's why I saw another comp of this movie is Freaks and Geeks, um, which, which I have not seen. That's such a fucking miss for you. I know. I gotta see it. You'd love it, I think, too. Yeah, I think, Isaac you, I think you'd really like it. Like it's, I know, and I like everybody in it. That's too. wild. You haven't it's seen it. It's a great so, cast. It's always so strange. It's I know. Strange, I just haven't. I got a strange get person. Um, but it is. It's a fair comp because you have, um, you know, everything, especially for the younger character, freaks and geeks. You know, uh, uh, the kids are weird. Uh, a little weird boy. Uh, <laughs> what? That's the last Wait, name. Freaks and geeks and geeks. Freaks and geeks. Yeah, I'm forgetting the, the kids' weird name. Boy. Everyone's probably screaming right now. Uh, Linda Cardellini plays the older sister. Of course, yes. Uh, but the younger brother, uh, he's he's about this age. What else he's he a freshman in? high school, but he looks young. What else has he been in? Uh, God, he's um he he direct he directs now. He directed like he's directed like uh mm. he writes and directs like Spider Man movies. Not not like the main ones. I think he Oh Does he do like uh, you mean like into the Spider Verse? Right, like the cartoon? All that nonsense. Uh all that nonsense. He's in that show Bones for a long time. Did I? I never watched Bones. I mean, I know it, but I it didn't, either, didn't seem didn't seem good. I'm gonna look it up. I liked House. Did you watch that 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 show? I, no, I don't like any of stuff. You, know? you never let you never. House no. is good. No, it's not. It is it's not good. I saw like ten minutes of it. It sucks. Uh, it's stupid. Watch Freaks and Geeks at least. House. <laughs> Sam Weir. I'm sorry. Played by John Francis Daly. Oh, of course, uh, Sam Weir. That old Sammy. Uh, but John Francis Daly. Uh, oh, no. he's uh, so he's yeah, he does. Uh, you know, what he did. He wrote on uh, Horrible Bosses. Another one I just didn't give a shit about. Uh, I haven't seen it. I, I would check it out. It has a good cast. Well, if um, it comes up for us, I'll watch it, of course. But, um, uh, but he directed Game Night. He directed uh, The Vacation. Oh, another one. Remake. Game Night. I'm not interested. Well, that's what he's right. But he's an actor, though. I mean, in Freaks and Geeks. He's a little boy. Congratulations to him. He's a director now. Yeah, no. Directing bad movies. He's worked <laughs> his way up in Hollywood. And he's, and he's, he's doing, he's kind of, you know, doing other stuff now, obviously. But uh, So what do you like about this weird guy? Well, he plays. He plays. Uh, so what? Like, what, how does this fit well, into our a, shit? He's a young. He's a he's a freshman in high school in Freaks and Geeks, and he has a lot of the same type of like everything oh. is like wildly like you know life or death situation, yes. even though it's really it's not. Nice. And he's just kind of trying to figure shit out. Uh, and uh, some of the pratfalls and some of the people around him are similar uh, in a way. I, I did love how Max uh, finally got the object of his affection, and of course that that uh, Brixie is that her name? Brix Brixley, yeah. Uh, Brixley and. This thing, ha this montage happens over the span of a two weeks. So where he goes through three girls, he yes. breaks up, he's all crying, starts <laughs> yeah, coming yeah. down his nose. Yeah. That must have been a two-day relationship right. with Brixley. Yes, yes. And then he goes to, uh, you know, French Taylor, I think, and then and Scout, <laughs> Scout is the yeah. end one. <laughs> right. um, and, like, they've all grown, but it's only been two weeks. Been right. so funny. That, that, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's why, like, when Thor, right, right before Thor leaves the party, he's like, you know, go kiss your future wife. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so funny. Because that's how your brain works. That you know. argue. Everything is such a big deal. And it's, it's the movie really tackles that just so well. Um, just the ridiculousness of how we just, so we just make things to be such a enormous, that's part of the fun thing about getting older. That's, that's one of the great things is like, even in your twenties, you can kind of do that a little bit, but when you hit your forties, you're like, oh, nothing fucking matters. Nothing oh, matters. Nothing just, just take me out already. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> not, not, it's not far from the truth, but no, but part of it is like, eh, like we, some things are big deals for sure. But almost everything isn't. None of that's none of that is. Almost light. everything is not a big deal. No. But like, yeah, some things obviously are. Yeah. But uh, but you know, most things aren't. And you can kind of just like, eh, you gotta roll with not it. Not if you're a kid. You are healthy. You have your whole life ahead of you. So you're just worried about scrutiny from some chick or something or some popular kid. Or yeah, but taking they, sips from a beer but, can. But in beer that, bottle. But in that, for them, it is a huge deal. I know. And I can complete. And I thought the same thing. And every twelve year old does. I mean. Uh, you know, you don't learn about, you know, scope until you're old enough to have seen things. Um, so you don't, you don't, and that, that's part of life too. You should, you should feel those things when you're 12. Um, and you, you know, it's, it's good to feel that because then you can have better idea of, you know, distance when you're, uh, when you're older and be like, all right, well, that wasn't such a big deal. Right. Uh, you, you made it. Yeah. You lived through it. 
Right. Uh, what about the, um, so the cinematographer who's like, uh, never done anything else before. I mean, he doesn't even have a wiki. He said that he wanted to make it look like it was one foot in 1986, one foot in 2019. Mm-hmm. Do you think he, I don't feel like that at all. I think it was, uh, a lot of quick cuts. Like it was a very modern looking yes, movie. It was. Did you feel any like harken back to, the uh, only, I think the script was just cause you have kids swearing, you I have guess. kids like, you know, it felt more like raw. Yeah. Um, so because of that, I felt like it was, but as far as how it was directed, absolutely not. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, even like, so a great example is like when you have the drone fly into the house when he's finally drone in, <laughs> yes. like how that shot is not how anyone was shot in the eighties. A, you couldn't shoot it like that. And then B, people just didn't, yep. it was just not how people chose to shoot things back then. Um, so that is incredibly modern. And you know, the whole highway scene, right. It's all done with CGI. Yes. Obviously yeah. you, know, you have kids there, you can't put them at yeah, risk and no. stuff. So, um, you know, that all felt very modern. Like I did not feel no um, at all like this, but that's fine. I, I know I kind of understand, you know, from some comedic beats and some comedic timing, it definitely felt like something from the eighties or something from before, like the seventies or bad news berries kind of thing. I could see that. But, um, the idea that the movie from like, no, no, if you just like, turn the volume like down and watch it, you would never think you're watching a movie from the eighties. I really like the paintball scene too. Yes. That's a very funny one. Very funny. And, I, you know, they did a great job with heightening up the, like, the intensity of it. The guys were really swinging hard, like, at the kids. And yes. it felt scary. And it was a one take. Yes. That's crazy. Uh, but they, uh, but it looked really great. So, so they go into a frat to buy drugs <laughs> so they can get their drone back, and uh, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, and then, right, Max starts opening, op- they, bu- they bring their, uh, their paintball gun with them. Right. And uh, they get aggressive and start shooting everybody in there with a the paintball gun, which is, it's a lot of fun to see that. It was, and yeah. it was done really well and really effective, but it never, like I said, if you turn the volume down and watch that movie, you never think you're watching something from the 80s. No. It's like you're watching it from, from it looks a couple years modern, ago. Right, yes. yeah. Um, I don't know, anything else with this thing? Not uh, really. I mean, it's like this, I, I definitely, if you haven't seen it, uh, don't be like, I, I don't know, but like when this came out and I saw the kids, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But that's, I had the, it's the wrong instinct. I go check it out. It's very funny. Uh, and I think it's something you could watch. It'd be like a good date night. I think like, you know, the wife or the the husband would like it. I think every, this is really for everyone because everyone has had those feelings, those emotions. Like, so it really, I think it really hits, hits it on a lot of levels. It's really a good movie. What's surprising that it made so much? I don't think it is. You don't think so? Because like, how do, are you going to bring your kid? So I guess, do where a lot of parents bringing their kids into I guess the it, I theater? Guess I guess it's a big a surprise because there were no stars in it. But that's, that's, yeah, that's another reason so too. So I guess, I guess that. So you got this no name comedy and it yeah. makes 80 million stateside. Like yeah. it's, that's a lot of money for it is. comedy. No, you're probably right. I guess. Um, I guess, you know, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it is a surprise. I just think it's, like I said, it goes back to like, it's for everyone though. Anyone can enjoy this. A dad could bring his kid to this or like kids could, I don't know. I think, I think it does kind of a 17 year old can watch it and laugh. A 40, a 40 year old can watch it and laugh. Yeah. A 60 year old can watch it and laugh. Yeah. It really does hit all the marks. It's just right. But how did, how did you get people to even pay attention to this movie? It was marketed pretty well. I remember the commercials being yeah. on quite a bit. That's right. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I guess you're right. Cause with no reads, you know, Jacob Tremley is not a, you, you know, you can't top bill him in a radar comedy necessarily. And if that's released this year, nothing, it dies, dies on the vine. I don't know Dead. if that's true. You Really? You think yeah. people are going to go to this movie? Well, here's why. I mean, the movies they're doing well right now are movies that are for younger audiences. So um, anything that's like like a, a drama for adults, you know, adults being, say, 30 plus, 40 plus, those are tanking. Like the last duel, yes, right? right? Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Dead. You know, that was not for a 28-year-old. That's yeah. for a 48-year-old. Yeah. Like it just is. Yeah. Uh, and people older are still really scared of COVID um, and maybe for some good reasons and they're not going to see movies. Mm. Now- what, so what does do well? Encanto for kids, right? Uh, Sing 2 for kids. Spider-Man for a younger adult audience yeah. or a teenage audience. And then, so, but all right, those are all franchise. But even like Halloween, I know it's a franchise, but less so. That's for 20-somethings, right? Or teenagers True. to get scared. Yeah. That did really well. So things that play to like that 15 to 32 Will range still work. <laughs> will still seem to sell because those people aren't scared. Although this does have you know, a knock on it with, which doesn't have any stars where those are all IP people or people right. are remember, you know, they, it's true. They, can you, can you do something original that's not a cartoon or doesn't have an IP? I said, that's actually completely unique and have it work in this marketplace for theaters. Maybe not. I think in 2022, this thing goes to Netflix. 
oh, I think oh, this so. thing goes to HBO and that's it. Right. I mean, well, well, it depends on what relationship. I mean, it's not always that easy. It doesn't like, not like you flip a switch. <laughs> I know. The studio has their relationship with that you streaming service. You know what I mean? Like it's going to go with, it's going to go to something like this. It's not going to go to But I mean, the studio already committed to produce it though. Like, it's, like I said, it doesn't yeah. quite work that way. So like the studio has to commit to produce it. Now you're, you're basically saying like, all right, would this studio have ever greenlit this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Comedy's right now in a real fucking day. Actually, I'm surprised so. it because they, they committed to, to spend $20 million on this, on Which this movie too. Much, I know, but for a comp, for a comedy where it's not. $20 million though, man. No, but Especially to, back then. That's, that's a, you know, that's a couple weeks. I don't know. That's not, that's not accurate. I mean, movies are making 20 million now. Yeah. Even now. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I don't know. 20 million is that much. 40, no, I guess 40 not. Million, 40 million is that, that's when you start to get, ugh. 40s and then you have like, you know, other movies like, uh, you know, I always talk about Nightmare Alley on, yes. um, uh, on out of theater, but like, that's just, so, you know, it costs 60 million to make. It's not going to make 10 domestic. Like that is complete. That even, you, you, that's not even marketing. I mean, that is a complete fucking disaster. Like yeah. people, that's, that's, the movie's going to lose like 80, 90 million dollars. How, how long ago did they green light that? With two years? Well, a long time ago, because that was all done before um, the pandemic. Okay. So they filmed half of the movie before the pandemic. I remember you talking Pandemic that's happens, they filmed the second half. So it was way, way before. Yeah. Um, but that's a great example. Nightmare House is a great example. Like, that's a movie that's for a 45 to 65 year olds. <laughs> and it is. I mean, it t- takes place in the 40s, it has an all adult cast, yep. it's very dark themes. You know, a 28 year old is not going to want to watch that typically. Um, and, uh, that movie fucking died, uh, not an IP. Like it had everything going against it. Yeah. Um, that movie, that movie is just DOA, just like last duel. Del Toro is going to have to go to TV. Like he's not, what, what's he going to do? Oh no. You think no, he's no. going to, you think he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll be fine. He, he'll be okay. Uh, you know, he, will he get a $60 million budget next time? Maybe probably not. Um, but you know, we also don't know where we're going to be post COVID. You know, hopefully COVID eventually, whatever, whatever this is ends. And then people are in theory going to theaters again or, or has it haven't been broken for so long that people are just never going to go back. I don't know. And that's kind of a scary thing. And that no one knows. I think it's dead for a while. It's going to have to consolidate the resource. You're going to see uh, movie theaters go out of business and um, there'll be, it'll be, maybe it'll grow again in the future. I don't know. Plus, you know, the situation at home is so good. Watching these things at home is so good. The experience is so good now. It's like, I don't, I, don't, I think it dies. For a while. You might be right. Um, I will say going to theaters, though, is so much better. Though. I do like the theater. I mean, I especially like right it. now, the theater's empty. But so I have no interest in going there right now. The screen is so big. The sound is so great. It's so much better than being at home. And I love being at home watching, like, football and stuff. And I'm watching movies at home. I watch movies at home all the time. But it is it is special. I do like, I've always, I always like, like the theater experience. Empty. Almost like getting your own show. Yeah. Maybe I should do that. Go to a matinee sometime. Actually, I can't. I don't think so. I don't think they'll let me in. Oh, you probably could in New Hampshire, but not. Oh, not, maybe not Mass. Not Mass. Yeah. Not, not as of tomorrow, right? Tomorrow is the D-Day for Boston, uh, the 15th, Cambridge, t- and Salem. And, yeah. Yeah. And tomorrow is your... <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be allowed to go anywhere. Good luck, everybody. Um, <laughs> anything else with this movie? So no. you... Thumbs up. We recommend Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Very funny. Like go it. check it out for sure. Heavily recommended. Okay. Very funny. I don't heavily recommend B minus. Good. B plus. Heavily recommended. Go okay. check it out. Old Town Road. This is the remix version. Um, it's by uh, Little Nas X. Uh, the original he released in 2018. So he was looking for samples. Uh, there are places that you can go online to like buy like drum loops and things. And uh, a, a um, young Keo, which is a Dutch DJ, had taken a Nine Inch Nail sample, put it with some drum beats, and put it up for sale uh, for 30 bucks on one of these sites, and Lil Nas X uh, liked the sound of it, uh, grabbed it, and and created this. Now, he re- originally released it in December 2018. He released it independently, put it on SoundCloud. But the thing with Lil Nas X is, even though, like, sometimes being online is like a double-edged thing, he really knew how to milk it. Like, from a very... Lil Nas X had a hard time growing up. He figured out that he was gay as a, at a very early age, and he felt like he needed to not tell anybody. He felt like he needed to, to, to keep that to himself. Sure. He was a musician. He even like quit the band because of it. He's like, I don't want anybody uh-huh. to find out about uh-huh. this. So instead he poured all of his creativity into his online life where he could create his own persona, be his own person, be exactly who he wanted to be online. And he got good at it. 
he would do from a very early age, 12, 13, 14 years old. He's, he's young anyway. He's 22 years old. Mm. He was born in 1999. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but he, he, he just, he got a knack for it, particularly on, on Twitter. Like he's tried in a, you know, Facebook and Instagram and some other, uh, other places before he, he said, he just, he really figured out Twitter, how to do memes. Meme culture was, was really starting to, um, to, to come into form in 2013, 2014. And he just, he, he leaned into it and he figured out how to market himself first before he was doing his music and artistic stuff. So like he would be doing um, just all sorts of like you know, memes, but like video memes, funny videos. He even he created some like fan accounts uh, for Nicki Minaj and was, I think he had like the biggest Nicki Minaj fan account for a while. Okay. He also learned some other techniques, like how you can have a million different avatars and have them all like the, you know, the main account to really build oh. it up. He was, he okay. got some of his accounts kind of kicked off, but he was playing those algorithms yeah. and playing that sort of um, avatar and troll game for a while. But so by the time, like, so by the time we get to here, when he releases this record, like he's already got this down, like he knows how to be online, releases it to SoundCloud and it goes viral. It gets big and eventually it gets him signed. So they release it. And when he, re when he releases it independently, the first time in 2018, it charts like to something like in the 80s on the Billboard Hot 100. That's right. fucking That's crazy. good, yeah. So, and, and radio stations couldn't get it anywhere. So they had to like, he, uh, he originally did the, his first video. I didn't, I meant to go look at it, but I didn't, but I guess it was red dead, uh, redemption yeah, video great clips. Game, by the way. Yo. Okay. Um, with this song. Oh, all right. And yeah. they had like radio stations had to grab the audio from YouTube in order to fucking play this thing because <laughs> they couldn't find it anywhere. It wasn't released anywhere. It wasn't a single. Uh, and it just adds the, to the, you know, uh, to it being viral. And he eventually got signed. Um, I think it was by Columbia. Until he re he released it on this, which is a, a is this EP. It's a seven track EP. He um, got a message through his management to Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus. He loved this, so he got he got inspired by um, it's country trap. Is this style? Did you like here? I got some of this. Uh, um, like a farmer. Do you know this song? I'd never heard it before. Like a farmer. <laughs> okay. This is little Tracy and little Uzi Vert, like a farmer. So this like trap country thing like inspired him, and he was like, okay, so I'm gonna create my own, and got his got a message to to uh, Billy Ray Cyrus through his management, and said, I'd really love for you to sing yeah. a verse here. Billy Billy Ray Cyrus was like, this is. This is super fun so of course i'm gonna do it so the original um doesn't have the cyrus verse and just right. has the little nas chorus so it's him singing so it's an um affected uh little nas verse he's kind of got a little bit of a drawl or a chorus and then uh the cyrus chorus is this yeah I actually really like the Billy Ray Cyrus uh, chorus, and I like his verse in here because he's um, the hard part of like this is everything's Drake now. Um, people and even Billy Eilish, we talked about on this last episode. People are less they emote less now. Right, right, right. It's so disaffected this yeah. world. And even though I really appreciate what Lil Nas is doing here, Lil Nas X is doing in here, and I, I like this song, it's cool, and I like him in general. I think he's really innovative, and hopefully he has a good career. He's so young. Yeah. Um, I did listen to his his, uh, his first album. Didn't really like it that yeah. much. And I was like, eh. And three songs that album go number one. Two or three songs go number one. I think album. you're right. Um, Crazy. Three on here charted as well, yeah. um, but lower, something like 20 and then 80 or something. But so I really like having Billy Ray Cyrus in here because you have someone yes. with some like emotion. It feels lived in. Feels lived yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love the video with them too because yeah. you see the dichotomy of, video. The, of the two of them. You have little Nas X going down these like kind of Western roads or no, 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 sorry. Going down these like inner these, city, inner roads. city roads. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and people are just looking at him like, what's a fuck? fucking yeah. crazy <laughs> yeah. bastard. Um, which he probably feels like through part of his life, people were looking at him yeah. like a crazy bastard. I mean, he's, he's an extrovert and he, um, he has style. 
So uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was really cool, and I, and I like I like them in it together. Do you uh, do you like uh, Old Town Road? I mean, this song is was such a huge hit when it came out. It was everywhere, and uh, it's one of the biggest hits of the last you know five years. Uh, and uh, <laughs> no, the song I, I have no opinion about it. It's it's fine. It's okay. It doesn't doesn't bother me. I don't think it's very good. It just kind of just exists, and it doesn't really. Like emotionally, it does like if you had like a uh, like a chart of like my heart or my emotions, it'd be flat line. Like it's like yeah, this is fine. Like, it's not bad. I, I'm shocked that this was ever like a sensation. This song was huge. It's just so weird. Like it's so not typical. I, I don't even think it's for me. I don't know. I guess I don't think it's weird in a way because like it, in like it never really makes my ear turn. Like it, it's just I just kind of like hear it and I, like I, I don't really have any feeling about it. Well, Country Trap is so limited. Like, there's not much you can do with it. Like, it's this, and then they all kind of sound the same. Yeah. So, but I, but this is kind of the best of it. Like, this is the most interesting part of it because of him and, and like, how he has, like, a little drawl to it, and his style is just so interesting. I think it really works. It works a lot better with the visuals, too. Like, when you watch it with the, with the, the video. video. The video is good, really well-directed, and it had some budget. Chris Rocks, and they have a nice little budget on the video. Yeah. But like to me, this song is the epitome of like a C rate. Like it does not, it's not good. It's not bad. It's like right down the middle. Uh, and it's fine. Like I don't, I, I, I don't really have like a, a strong take either way. I listened to it a few different times. I try to listen to it without Billy Ray, with Billy Ray. I think I like it with Billy Ray better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't, not, it doesn't move me at all. Like it doesn't, I have no, like, I have no feeling for it. I, mean, I could not. It's like the the most neutral song I've maybe ever heard in my life, and it's it was such a monster hit. It really obviously spoke to a lot of people when it came out. Uh, I always every time I listen, I'm like, am I missing something? Like, am I? I almost feel like uh, how you must feel, kind of walking the earth, kind of like an alien. Yeah, you know, no, 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 no. Like, and uh, uh, it's like, oh, like nothing can be good enough is what it is. Not no, like no, it's not even good or bad. Like, I know it's not that. It's just like I feel like I'm like I'm missing the joke or I'm missing. Maybe if I hear it again, you know, I, like maybe I'll get yeah, the beat, or I'm, I'm like I'm I'm missing it, but I don't think I am. I just think it's maybe just like not. It, it's I say not for me, but it's like not. It's just there. It's very similar to something like Dream Pop or Shoegaze for me. That type, that sort of sub style, where like you know, uh, what? Dream Pop, right? Dream Pop is like uh, I've, uh, watch David Lynch, watch. Oh, okay, All yeah. Right, right, right. Um, where there are you can find like a good Dream Pop song. Yeah, but you can't listen to dream pop for long because it's this, it's, it's so it's one way. Like yeah. you can only do it sort of one way and then it's over. But there are some songs in that are like the epitome of it that will strike me. And that's what this is. It's like, no one will ever, no one can do country trap any better than this is done. Like this is kind of the pinnacle yeah, maybe, of it. Yeah. For me. I'm sure you're right. I mean, it is the pinnacle. I, like I would it. say it's also the pinnacle period. Like, this song was such a massive hit. Like, oh, I, I think you're right. I, I it's can't, This won't be topped. No. Uh, right. So it was hit, hit number one. It was on, uh, I think it was number one for like 18 or 19 weeks. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it was the number one single of 2019. Yeah. Sold 18 and a half million copies. Like, this is one of the most successful singles ever. 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 The other part of it, going back to the internet thing, is he, he just, knew, so it became, the Yeehaw Challenge happened. So all over TikTok, did did you mm -mm. you know this? All over TikTok. So there's this point in the song, uh, the the they start singing the chorus first, and then the drums kick in. Mm -hmm. So the TikTok challenge or the Yeehaw challenge is kids are going on TikTok and they're sort of one way and disaffected for the beginning of it where it's the chorus, but as soon as the drums kick in. They sort of jump up and down, and the and the video cuts to them in a cowboy outfit, and they're doing some oh, sort of crazy right, dance. Maybe they saw something like that. All yeah. over TikTok. Yeah. All over, which of course added to of course, yeah. The did sales. You, did you do the uh, the high challenge? I did. Did you really? Of course not. What the fuck do you think is? I'm a 43 year old man. I'm not doing no fucking yeehaw challenge. You should do it. You should do it. Yeah, I know. I think it'd be actually it's more ridiculous if you, you did, did it. You did. Well, you did do the Monkey Boy video. That was I did Monkey Boy. That was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, you should do the, uh, the Cowboy one. Not going to happen. No. I, it's been done. Now, this is 29. This is three mm. years ago. Who wants? Uh, I'm not doing it now. Give me another challenge. Shoot yourself. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> what? That's not even Why funny. That that's not even funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. Dick. Uh... Multiple Grammy, Grammy nominations and wins. 
It, it, it wasn't country music Grammys award. Like it got, it got other critical awards too. It did. Yeah, right. Country music, right? But uh, the but Billboard took it off the country charts. Yeah, what's your take on that? That's um, I mean, it's so subjective. That's your genre debate where everything's pop for you, but you're pop. Uh, so subjective. <laughs> Good comeback. So subjective, like there. So the reasoning is it doesn't have enough country elements, but as Billy Ray Cyrus, it's and it's got a draw. Yeah, we're on the same page. Like yeah. what? What are we like? What? What are we? What are you gonna call it then? Yeah, that. If country stations are playing it, it's a fucking country song. Yeah, go fuck yourself. And how about too, like guys? Like this is this could be really good for country. You have a black artist, young guy, doing country things. Yes, it's sweeping the nation. Yes. Why not embrace that more? Embrace it. And like that seems like a really good thing for yes. a genre. I know, like I'm always sad. Like I love, like you know. Rock or like an alternative, what do you want to call it? Like, you know, that kind of like, you know, like adult alternative, like genre. If, you know, someone broke out and was, you know, had one foot in that genre and that song was topping the charts. Yeah. That Maybe there are other great. country artists that they would identify with. Maybe they're going to listen to some Billy Ray Cyrus. Maybe there'll be more partnerships between uh, rap and country. Like, it's like a gift from heaven. Yeah. You'd think so. I, I, I don't. I, I don't get it. I, it's a too pretentious, particularly with country. It's like uh, your music style isn't that awesome. You know, and you know, you know, you know. Billboard takes it off those charts, right? Yep. And you know, it's not just like Billboard saying we should take it off the charts. You know that they're getting complaints from people in the country industry. Yes, they are. That are really pissed off because their artists are no longer Shania number one because this. Well, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Don't I'm know just <laughs> dropping names, oh, but right. But, but yeah, you're exactly right. But there are this there are producers, there are artists in yes. the country scene that didn't want this. But yep. It's, you know. Looking, it's such a myopic point of view when like you have someone that could really break ground with your genre, which isn't at. It's not like the country western is doing that great no. compared to how it was twenty years ago, no fifteen way. years ago when it was like you know, yeah, it was really topping. You know, you had Dixie Chicks or Shania or Shania Twain or Garth Brooks when it was really kind of yes hitting major charts. This could really elevate you. Yes, it instead, could. They, instead they run away from and it, they throw it away. People are so stu- people are so stupid. They think they it's it's a loser mentality. Like rising really tide is. lifts all yep. boats. Like you exactly. want more eyes on the genre because yep. then maybe they'll find you and like you. I mean, it's so dumb. It's re- really a mistake there. And if I'm little now, Zach, I'm like, oh fuck you then. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna do country any favors then. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. he was, he felt kind of a fa- he. You I don't know, blame him. I don't either. It's like really because because he, he knows he knows it wasn't just Billboard making right. it. He knows people in the industry didn't want pressured. around. Yeah. Well, fuck you then. That sucks. I'm good for Billy Ray Cyrus who's like hell yes let's yeah. do this. Well, I mean he he knows what's going on. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean right. He's got a pop kid too. I mean he gets it. But but still like he I mean he's still dressed up kind of like a lunatic with his long long hair and this and like and it was goofy. Like you could have he could have. If he took himself too seriously, he could have said to himself, people are making fun of me or I'm doing this because I'm a caricature. But no, he embraced it and yes. did it. And it was pretty awesome, actually. And it really helped both of them out. It did. Oh, yeah, because when was the last time he, you know, Aki Breaky Heart? It's 30 yeah, years ago. Yeah, I mean, he had some, I think, success after like Hannah Montana and that oh, whole thing. So. no doubt. He's a successful Yeah. Uh, for a while, person. he was definitely like labeled as that one-hit wonder for yes. a long time. But yeah, he, he, he transcended that. Persever, you know, talk about perseverance. Like that guy has it, and, and now and then he ended up having the biggest single. I know, I know. Ever, you know, like we we're in that argument. You know, you know, and well, good for him. He got, you know, I'm sure he got a cut of that. So that's, that's yeah, pretty I good. Pre- I appreciate him. Yeah. Um. Uh. And actually, good for Trent Reznor too. Who? Yes. So what happened was the you know the <laughs> that original. Um, DJ Young Keo didn't get permission to use the nine right. nails, and uh, and of course Little Nas X didn't know. I mean, it's it's sort of a it's a weird yeah. It, it's like buying stolen goods. Well, yes, but it's also like it's a weird. It's not even a popular Nine Inch Nails song. This right. came from like it's off their Ghost like, album. But ex- exactly, so he so he didn't know. All I'm saying is Little Nas X didn't right. know it was Nine. He Inch thought Nails. he was doing the right thing. He paid for it. Yes, like, he paid for. He it. did nothing wrong. So his management, you know, they asked Trent, "Do you, is it okay if we use this? Yeah. I don't know if there's any royalty exchange or not. Maybe there probably was, but." Trent's like, this is he super. Pre- I mean, maybe there was, right. It's a business. But, but whatever. But but it was like, yeah, because other people need to get paid and things. But Trent's like, other people would have sued him. Oh, yes. I mean, we know that. But Trent Reznor. And Trent Reznor was like, history. this is super catchy. This is a great hook. Like, yeah, do it. He He's always on the right side of these he, things. I he mean, is. he always kind of knows what's going on. Not like fucking uh, Don Henley. Don Henley would have sued. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. Um, right. He's always kind of like... Um, whatever kind of improves music. And he always has a really good, like long range view of music. Trent Reznor is. is yeah. 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 He, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a real music, you know, look at all the work he's doing now with scores and I everything know. else. He's like, very talented. Yeah. He seems like he's like, you know, he's, he's a real 
I obviously I'm an electronic music pioneer, but he's real like he's someone that he honestly he I know he gets he's won Oscar you know he's but he doesn't get enough credit. No, he gets like, a lot of accolades, 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 but he's he still kind more. of a musician's musician. He's yeah, great. Musician. Uh, Trent Reznor is awesome. Yeah. Right. I wasn't surprised at all to read that anecdote. I'm like, oh, that makes total sense to me. I never loved Nine Inch Nails. It's just I too, did. it's too um, too dark for yeah, me it's sometimes. Good stuff. But uh, but I do appreciate it. and some of the songs I really do like. Yeah. I don't know that I'm you know I'm gonna listen to Pretty Hate Machine really, but uh, no, some some of the songs I, I can definitely appreciate him as a writer. He's very good. Very it's just good. Not yeah. necessarily my style. But yeah, he does seem like he's on the right side of stuff. He yeah. did the right thing here too. Seems like a, like I would, he I seems mean, like a good guy. He does. I would hope that anybody, like anybody who's successful would do that. Why would you worry so much about, like, uh, right. I, 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 I just want to yeah, like, be a you, good mentor. Like, right. be, you know, right. like, make he, friends, build bridges. Well, that, well, he did exactly what like country Western music didn't you know, do. Right. Right. And you know, that's why Reznor, you know, he's in his, what? Christ, he's in his 50s now. I think he's 50. And he still has a very successful career. Yes, he does. Because he does not always try to, like, he's not, you know, trying to, you know, going after pennies when he's losing dollars. He's like, yeah. all right, let's prepare a big picture here. Yeah. Is that big of a deal? Eh. Especially if you like a musician. Like, what, when you, why wouldn't you want to mentor him, help him out? Right. Like, this is, yeah. So, um, anyway, I, uh, so I like the song. I think it's a good one. And um, I don't know, there's nothing else that I got yeah. to really say about it. The rest, actually, and I, there are several tracks on this EP that I do like as well. And I, I do, um, I do like. Here's the one, like on the same record as this. I mean, yeah, it's pretty it's, good, but it's like completely different. Completely different, yeah, yeah. Good so for him. he's got some range. Yeah. I, I, I hope. I didn't, like I said, I didn't really love the next one. I thought it was pretty homogenous, but hopefully he's 22. Hopefully he, he does a lot of cool stuff and he's, he seems super creative. So yeah, I'm hoping for him. That's it. Yeah. Where uh, are you? Yeah. So I was in Burlington, Vermont. So uh, Laura and I, before COVID, we would go uh, every year and go to Burlington. Laura loves cheese. So there's a <laughs> cheese festival in Burlington. Uh, she's been going too long before she met me. Uh, we went two years, I guess. Uh, we went, this year and the year before. So this is my second time really being in Burlington. We spent kind of I don't know, like a long weekend, like three or four days there. Yeah. Um, and I think the first time I went to Burlington, I'm like, oh my God, I love this town. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, it's a great town. So we were, this is our second time there. Um, it was a pretty fun weekend. Uh, I got hung over. Uh, oh my God. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Friday night, went, went out drinking. It hit me too hard. So Saturday, I was in some rough shape. But uh, I recovered though. Um, and then, uh, so that Saturday night, we went and saw Bobcat Goldthwait. Do stand up is a stand up comedy club in Burlington. It's actually a pretty nice club. Yeah. Um. So like, oh, I'll go go see Bobcat. It's a fun, you know, it's a fun Saturday night right there. He's there. You're there. Might as well. Yeah. It wasn't sold out. Uh, I don't know where we go. You made jokes, Matt, but it might it might have it did pretty well. It might have been sold out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might have might have been. Um. We got our tickets, or you know, because we know where we're going. So like, oh, I, I saw the comedy club the first time I went there, but I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind checking that out. Um. And his ads was pretty fun. He was okay. The strange thing was ninety percent of the act was really two things. One thing was him and Robin Williams were good friends. Uh, so like a good chunk of the act was just him talking about Robin Williams and how like people had misconceptions about Robin Williams or like he played video games with Robin Williams. It was very strange. Um, he definitely seemed kind of like when I'm guessing when Robin Williams died, it just left him completely rudderless. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he was saying how, and I, I, I completely understand, agree with this. It's like, he's like, Hey, Robin wasn't suicidal. like, Oh, I mean, like always, that, always depressed. Right. And yeah. I mean, not that maybe it should matter or it doesn't, but like he had gooey body dementia, which, yeah. you know, which can create some really fucked up things to happen in your head. Like yep. this, you know, he just, he's like, I just want to kind of want to get the record straight. You see all these memes and stuff like that. He's a sad clown. He really wasn't. He was a generally pretty happy guy. Um, but yeah, this disease really fucked with him. But like he would constantly go on kind of these Robin Williams, like stories or tangents. It was kind of very strange. The other thing he told was this bizarre story of how he and Ernie Bach Jr., the car dealer. Oh, I know. So, um, wait, uh, Ernie and the uh, accelerators or something. Yeah, whatever. It is. The, yeah, he's, I mean, anybody, I think anyone in New England knows Ernie Bach Jr. He's like, has the car stuff on uh, the auto mile, whatever, right? And all his car. The automatics, stuff. maybe. Ernie and the automatics. Yeah. Is that what it is? And, 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 the alternators. And Ernie Bach also likes to, uh, you know, put himself front facing for the camera a lot, too. So he toured. What's that? He toured. Yeah. He also got a commercial. He, Ernie Bach Jr., I think, has no problem promoting Ernie Bach Jr. That's true. But uh, Bobcat was telling a uh, story of, I don't know why they ran into each other. Uh, I forget why. It might have been 
their kids are going to college or something at the same time. They, something happened where they ran into each other. Or yeah, they had yeah, a, yeah. Someone knew an agent or something and they, they, they talked and they exchanged phone numbers. And so they don't really communicate, you know, they did, and they end up buying a car. Like, and then they end up having a relationship where he, uh, Ernie, I think sold a car to Bobcat's daughter. Okay. Like a few months later and then like whatever. So then like a year later, so flash forward like a year, I guess it was like the day after Christmas, Bobcat Goldthwait uh, is a, is a single. And he was like sexting with someone, and I guess he pressed the wrong thing. <laughs> and he's instead of like texting whatever, uh, you know, Ernesta, his girlfriend, he texted uh, Ernie Pop Jr. <laughs> like, like <laughs> some very intimate pictures. Oh, and, no. uh, and Ernie's like, I think, you know, wrong number here, I think. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and then sure enough, like they ran into each other like a couple years later. And uh, I think Ernie Pop Jr. like made a quick joke, like, oh, I'm like, sure. I, I see it, you know, I see a circumcised, something like that, yeah. you know, something like that. And, uh, so anytime I see Ernie Fox, you know, I just imagine his face, like the day after Christmas, like seeing his phone and saying, like, one Bob, crazy something. Oh, Bobcat Goldway's drunk and is on his phone. Does, uh, does Bobcat actually talk like that? Um, he doesn't talk like this. Like, you know, as much as it is, but he definitely has like that, uh, that, he t- yeah, to some extent, but yeah. not like in um, Super, Police Academy. Yeah. But it's much more toned down. It's like 10% where you hear Police Academy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's definitely there. But obviously he just heightens it for the. For that, for those movies, right? Because he's always doing that. Any any time he's in a role in a movie, he's like he's that voice. Yeah, but he, yeah, I guess like in Scrooge, whatever. Yeah, it's there, but it's not as like dramatic. He yeah. definitely has more of a normal, um, uh, a normal voice. But uh, so yeah, so that was um, that was fine. Like he was, it was an okay set. It was kind of a weird. It was kind of more like one of the sadder, yeah, like sense. And I saw, I saw like Mitch Hedberg a couple years before he killed himself. So I've seen people like who are suicidal and like. Not yep. as sad as Bobcat Coltsway was, but it, it was, it was fine. And then, um, there's a great bookstore there. It's like Raven's head, something like that in, uh, not if you're right, but it's something like Blackbird or some, some Blackbird or Raven, a uh, bookstore in Burlington. It's right on their main street. What's their main street called? Like church street. You ever been to Burlington? Yes. Oh, a few times. Yeah. Awesome. I think church sounds right. Yeah. It's right there. Uh, I recommend hitting that bookstore. Some fun restaurants there. Burlington's an awesome town. I can't wait for i'm hoping they have that cheese festival thing next year because we'll, we'll go and it's a really fun time some nice hotels there john and i went there in the middle of the night uh one time really we went to burlington stayed there for for a day or something and then I, i've gone with a few friends like for a couple times and then barbara and i have gone i, I like i like it a lot I like it's one of my lot. favorite towns in New England. Yeah. it's great and then so what happens is we'll do that cheese festival you know laura likes to go and i don't eat cheese laura likes to go to cheese so i'll just sit there. it's a it's outside this beautiful location this farm it's a gorgeous place and i'll just sit uh there and i'll read whatever new book i got and laura does the it's the cheese, cheese she wants, and then we uh we leave. You know, we head home, and that's it. That's it. And then, but we we do like three or four days there, and uh, it's fun. But yeah, we'll definitely do that again this summer, if assuming they have it. They've, the last two years they've canceled it because of COVID. Uh, that kind of well, sucks. But hopefully they'll suck. do it this year, and um, because we we have a great time, and uh, yeah, we try to we try to stay at a different hotel each time, and you know, try different restaurants and everything else. I haven't been there since COVID. I hope Burlington's still doing okay. Laura went to college in Burlington. Oh, so she did. That's, I uh, she's, so she knows all the yeah. kind of all, all the tricks there and uh, where to go and everything. So um, First time I went to Nectar's, which is where uh, Fish, like other star was playing all over the place. Okay. Uh, so I was probably, I don't know, like 18 yeah. or something when I went there for the first time. I've never really been to Burlington at all until um, <laughs> until Laura brought me to that first cheese. I'm like, oh, this town's amazing. So Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I put Burlington right there with Portsmouth as my favorite, like New England yeah, Portland, Maine, too. Kind of a nice... I mean, it's uh, high in Portland. I like Portland, Maine. It's all right. It's nice. All right. What do you mean it's all right? Eh. Eh. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as big of a Portland guy. I like Portland's just bigger Portsmouth. It's not, though. You don't think so? No. I like the old Port area. It's nice. Yeah. You don't like it? No. Whatever. So picky sometimes. What bums? It's in Burlington, too, last I, last I went. I didn't see... No, I didn't see as many bumps. Burlington has a Citizen Cider, a big cider... Uh, spot oh, there. Mm-hmm. We go there every time too. And you can have like try different cider. Yeah. I know Bur- Burlington is great. Burlington. Might, I like Burlington. Burlington might be my favorite. I, mean, I love Portsmouth. I just know I've lived in Portsmouth. Yeah. For years. So like, I'm really like, so it's not as new or exciting to right. me, but um, it's also pretty small comparatively. It is. Yeah. I do like a bigger, like a slightly bigger is nice. Yeah, I, I might give Burlington the edge. The only problem with Burlington is it's like Portsmouth is so close to Boston. So yeah. like you can do you can like there's a lot of options where Burlington you really are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you are. I love Vermont for that reason. Like mm-hmm. you know, Montpelier's cool, and like you know, I've I've gone to some of the ski resorts around, um, and then up to Burlington. I like I like Vermont a lot. It's nice. It's nice. Vermont, Vermont's great to go. Like uh, we've you know, Stowe, like, I stayed. Uh, yeah, oh, stayed Vermont has some great spots. Like, but to live there, I'm always like, eh. It's the exact same size as New Hampshire. Half the people, 
Yep. There's no ocean access. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, if you want the woods or, or something, then it would be a good place to be. But that, that's not, no, I'd prefer New yeah. Hampshire. For I that. think if Walmart and I were to move again, we'd move somewhere more, more, more populated. You think so? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want nobody. Yeah. Don't bother me. One person in this room is enough. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think I think we would. This is this is as rural as I think I'd get. Yeah, I think so. I don't mind having access, but I wouldn't want to live in. I'm not. I'm never. I'm not living in a city ever again. That's I just like happening. being closer to like more restaurants and stuff, and well, that's more, fine. And more to more to do. I just did Oakland. Like I, I don't need to. I don't need the I city anymore. You did New York. I know. You, I, don't I wouldn't want to do that again either. But no. I think there's a middle middle ground. Probably. I also don't want to be. I'd have to have my own space and like some land and stuff. I, I can't. I don't want to back off. We talk, we talk about Nashville. If Nashville got an expansion team, that would be a good spot. I, Nashville is cool. I've only sort of driven I've through it. I've never even been there. I've driven through it. Uh, I haven't spent any time there, but Nashville seems cool. We might try to go this year. Yeah, that'd be a good trip. Test it out and be like, oh, is this somewhere we want to go? Yeah. No ocean. That's, that's a drawback. But everything else, like the climate seems like it seems like better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about Tennessee. I, don't, I spent some time in Memphis. We went to Graceland, that type of stuff, but uh, just drove through. Especially they got an expansion team. That's my whole thing. I know. That's that's like your big thing. And they're on a very, very, very short list. Where do you think it's going to be, though? If you put a gun in my head right now, well, it's tough because we don't know what's going to happen with With, the the Rays or the A's. So if everyone stays put, which isn't going to happen, then you probably see like Montreal and maybe Vegas. But but Montreal, I, I don't understand how Montreal works unless they have a they build you, a you, dome. You, you, you don't really understand Montreal. You also said you, <laughs> I've been to Montreal a number of times. I, spent I know a lot of time Montreal, in Montreal. Montreal's media market is huge, though. I don't think you, I don't think you quite have I don't a grasp that, on that. I don't think it's that big. It is we gigantic, it. man. It is comparatively to other cities. I'm just talking about spit playing there, though. I'm talking it's about if you don't works, hold on. If you don't have a dome, how are you going to play baseball in April, May? I've got, when it's like they're they're a month behind us season wise. Right. I understand that. Yeah. They, they, they did it for from '69 to '77. They did it, or '69 to '76. They did it in Jerry Park. They didn't have it was a completely open. Okay, they didn't have a dome. How were the cancellations? There? That time. It I went, wasn't alive then, so I don't know. No, I, mean, I wasn't either. Uh, but they played. They played for eight, eight, nine years there. So um, they built. Obviously, they built. Uh, Olympic stadium. And that obviously had a roof yes, yes, at yes. one point of the roof disintegrated. So right. eventually became an outdoor. It became open it again. Yep. So, I mean, it, it can happen. It's not, it's not on par. Having said though, in 2022, if you're going to, they would build a, you'd, you'd, you'd have, have to, to retract the roof. Yeah, I don't think that's that. And that, that's not going to prohibit anyone from going there. Um, you know, whether it be the rays or whomever, like yeah. they would eventually have a retractable. It would, they would, I can't imagine they would have an open, I mean, you know, Maybe it'll happen. There's also the tax issue when you go to when you go to uh, Canada. It's worse than yeah, here. Yeah, so Toronto player, has a team. I mean, it's not that's like true. unparalleled. That's a good point. I mean, the media market alone, which is the biggest driving force for a, a team going somewhere, is so gigantic compared to any other city that does not have a team. It, it's it's unparalleled. It's like it's a wild dis- dispersion. So I think you're definitely going to see Montreal have one. All right. Um, so probably be the Rays though, because they're the already going to go there. F- you know, right? They've yeah. already taught. I mean, they've towed the water. Yeah, I mean, they're flirting with them already. So I, I, yeah. think, I think that. So let's take Montreal off the table. Let's probably take Vegas off the table because the A's are really flirting with them. Yeah. So that leaves us with Nashville. Leaves us with Portland, Oregon, and it leaves us with like, uh, like that Virginia, North Carolina area. Yeah, that, maybe, right. that seems very possible. So I would say one of those three if you had, and I would say if you put a gun in my head, I would say Nashville and Portland, based. Assuming that Vegas is off the map and assuming that Montreal's off. I wonder. I have no idea about uh, Portland's media market, but it's it is it's not a big city. Three hundred thousand right. people ish. Uh, Seattle is um, maybe three times the size. Quite, I think it's under a million, maybe eight or nine hundred thousand. I mean, you'd have the whole state of Oregon, which I know isn't huge, but you, you would. But right, it, right it's not. It's so and, hope, and you're they not have gonna, a loyal fan base with the Trailblazers. That's they, true. They do okay, so you have some sort of you know thing you kind of measure against. No, I think you know, it's Paul, also hard to attract players out there. I think too because the travel so much worse. So. It's so much easier if you're in the American League East or something. Yeah. So much easier to travel between all these teams. Really, you just go to whoever pays. Them. I mean, I, I guess mean, it's not yeah. like basketball. See, the difference with that you know baseball and NBA. NBA is you have a max salary. Yeah. So like, if LeBron James has his choice of eight teams, they're all going to pay the same. I'll pick Miami. Yes. I'll pick New York or whatever. But with baseball, it doesn't work that way. Baseball, Seattle, or whatever. The Portland Penguins or whoever it is, <laughs> or whatever, right. can be like, I'll give you. Insane amount of money, you'll go there. Now, you know, you they might, have to be able to afford that, though. And I don't, is it big enough to be able to do that? It all depends on who the owner is. I mean, we yeah. saw what happens with the Mets, right? You had yes. the Wilpons, who were cheap as shit. And then, right. and then the Cohen, uh, Steve Cohen goes in there, and now they have all the money in the world. So it really depends on the agent. I mean, what's going to be the biggest factor for anyone is no agent's going to want to go to an expansion team. But then we saw Randy Johnson do it the second year of the Diamondbacks. That's true. And then they win a World Series. So, I mean, yeah, nah, you never know. Um, that, that's, that's not. I also, to the owners, don't really care about that when, you know, the owners care about. 
who's going to bring in the most money, whether it be TV revenue or things like that. So that's what they're going to be looking at. But um, having said that, though, I don't expect expansion to happen in, in this CBA they're negotiating right yes. now, I don't think. So that's never been on the table at all. So it might be a while before we get expansion, which to me is insane because it seems like free money for owners who are just mm. being riddled with COVID right now as far as baseball revenue is concerned. Right. So I'm shocked that they haven't gone that direction. I, I keep Because every other expansion in baseball history has happened because of financial issues. 93, it happened with the Marlins and the Rockies, right? Yep. The reason that happened was because players in 87, there was collusion. Yes. Um, and the owners all banded together to knock down for Asian pricing. And then the courts realized that. The players then sued the owner, won, yeah. and the owner's like, fuck, we need to come up with a lot of money. We just got our asses taken in court. Right. So what happens is then, like, the Rockies had to pay the owners, like, $400 million, say. Um, and that got split among the 26 yeah, remaining so teams. Yeah, so it's an extra $12, 15000000 million. Or right, but they yeah. never, they, they didn't right. do anything for it. Just, yes. you know, wrote, wrote a check. Just so said yes, yeah. Same thing happened in, so what happened was in 98, when we had the Diamondbacks and the yep. Rays, that was because they were also the revenue from the strike in 94. And they're like, we got, oh, we just lost all this month, you know, months of baseball plus uh, playoffs. Yeah. All that revenue from TV. Oh, there you go. Now we have that. So that usually that's what dictates is you lose money and they end up trying to, to do it that way. Um, or there's lawsuits. Mm. Um, like the Seattle uh, pilots. I'm sure people are quantum weaker. Thrilled to hear about Whatever. This. They, they're the patrons. They're our fans. <laughs> uh, 1969, the Seattle pilots would become the Brewers a year later. Yep. But Seattle was like, what the fuck? You promised us a baseball team. You left after a year. You can't do that. Seattle sued baseball and and was going to win until they came to a decision that hey, we'll put an expansion. We'll team give you a team. Yeah, right. All right, now we'll go. You know. Yeah. So sometimes that's what that's what it takes. Um, whether it be you know, legal stuff or anything else. So um, I don't know. I, I you know I don't know what's what how this is going to play out. I, I would have if you put a gun to my head ten years ago. I'm like oh there definitely would be expansion by now. And I thought it might be part of the CBA because it's something that would make the players happy. Because it's 60, you know, sure. 50 to 60 more jobs, two teams. Of course. Or it makes the owners happy because they're getting more revenue but right off the bat. I think right now the owners are making so much money. They're like, we don't want to lose the revenue down the road. Yeah. Because right now for a team to come in, they're probably going to pay one to $2 billion. Will they really? Yeah. And then have to contend with the, uh, with the venue, finding a, oh, finding that's, a venue. That, that's, just, that's just to join the club. That's crazy. That's just the dues. That's crazy. Because you, one, one you have to two, build what? something's 500 million. I mean, yes, you get yeah, state funding or whatever. If, but, you, if you buy the mess, that's going to be one to two billion. Yeah, but you're right. But the, the, the you, you but you get City Field theory. Is that, okay, right? yeah, so yeah, this you get you're that. right. So the expansion team is getting nothing. You're just yes. getting part of the club. Ugh. Um, one to two billion probably for that. Almost definitely. Um, and then but the owners are like, we're making so much, which tells you that who you really should be rooting for in this lockout. By the way, the owners are so rich they don't need expansion. Root for the players. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely on team players in this one for sure. I think the I think the owners are being being really shitty here. Don't you think that's normally the case? Rooting for the uh, players. I I was so hurt by the 94 strike and i said the players the one striking the player the you know the players the one that want the it, it, are the ones kind of causing this problem but i think in hindsight i was wrong the owners were really pushing that salary cap down their throats and like eh, they, they had enough money like yeah. like that was shitty so i come around on that a little bit uh, or a lot but i guess um and this time i'm definitely and plus the way they're behaving and rob manfred's an asshole yeah like I, i'm totally with the players in this i think they're they're yeah i, I don't know if We'll see, I mean, Tony Clark, their old Red Sox That's first, right. baseman, yes. first baseman. He's in charge. I know they got destroyed in the last one. So. Got destroyed. Why would you right. even keep him? Why would you keep him on? I was shocked they kept him crushed. around. I don't know if he's going to mismanage this or not. It sounds like he has more help this time. <laughs> Thank God. It sounds yeah. like he actually has some like a lot of advisors as opposed to just him just trying yeah. to do this. But I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, I will say, every passing day, it looks more and more negative that spring training is going to start on time. And then once you get to February 26, spring training games get canceled, and that means that people are losing money and then you get into April and now everyone's losing a lot of money. Right. So this can tumble pretty quick. Yeah. Cause we're, yeah, we're halfway through January. Did you expect that this would have been dealt with one meeting? Oh, uh, since the lockout has happened. Wow. Really? One real meeting since the lockout, lockout uh, day after the uh, world series. Is that when it started? No, it started December 1st, right? December 1st. Um, the, six weeks. Yeah. They had, they've had one. And it was this week. But it sounds like it didn't go. They had a negotiation. No one stormed out. It sounds like the owners gave them a proposal. And I guess the proposal was not what they were looking for. Oh, players really want to get free agency after five years. Yeah. Right now it's six. And it sounds like the owners are not budging on that. And until they until they can work something out, I, I it sounds like this. I, I'm starting. I'm, I was much more optimistic a month and a half ago. Yep. I'm starting to get I'm starting to get like pessimistic. I'm starting to get worrisome. Oof. Yeah, not, not good. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see. But maybe. I guess the, the the silver lining for me personally is maybe this there will be a there is a strike which would be horrible I don't want to strike 
they lose a couple months of baseball. COVID and that, maybe they're like, you know what? We need expansion. Yes. <laughs> just lost all this And maybe we'll get a five. So how long will the CBA be signed for? Is it normally like five years or something? Yeah, between yeah. five and seven years, yeah. typically. So it might happen for the next one then maybe? No, maybe it won't be a CBA thing necessarily. They, uh, they can do that. You don't need to have a CBA for that because I think it makes everybody happy. So you, yeah. you, you need both parties to sign off. Yeah. Players would absolutely 60 jobs. Fuck yeah. Yeah, might as well. Sign. And owners would be, uh, I think, maybe happy to get the uh, three. I think they'd probably end up with like $3 billion. Fuck You know, crazy. split over. 30 teams or whatever. 32 teams? 30 teams. Yeah, but only 30 because there's only 30. There's 30. Right. It's, right. So that's what, you know, do the math there. It's like 100 million. Yeah. That's right. 100 team? million. Yeah. It's crazy. A lot of money. That is a lot of money. It's payroll for a year. Yeah. For some of these teams. Ugh. Yeah, it's a lot of money. So maybe it'll happen. I'd it like will, to see it Nashville. Will, it will happen. How old am I now? 42. I bet, I bet you'll at least have expansion because, you know, just because a team is made, like expanded, doesn't mean that they are, like it's just approved doesn't mean that they're playing the next year. Right. It just takes like three, two to three years for them to actually start playing for real. But I'm saying by the time I'm 50, there's either an expansion team playing baseball or there's one where we, they're in like the, the process. Like, yeah. you know, they'll be playing a year from now or yeah. something bad. But yeah. But it's still a long time. Eight years, a long time. You might, not, you might, you might not survive. No, I'll be here. You're older. I, mean, I, I, I doubt. I doubt you'll make it. Oh, you're, I mean, you're your liver's going to shut down on, on, on us. My liver. Oh. Yeah, I think so. All bladder too. Wow. Don't well, even need have that. a lot of problems. No, I'm hoping years. there's going to be an expansion team to Costa Rica. It'll be the Costa Rican crew or something. And, and uh, <laughs> then they'll be my team. I might I just, join you. That's the case. You should come down. I uh, I actually, I think I'll probably, I do like soccer. Most people uh, in America bash it, but I, I like yeah, soccer. I I'd probably be a Costa Rican soccer fan if I'm down there. I think do that's they have what a lot of soccer there? Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Central America, South America. Okay. Soccer is much bigger. I mean, bigger everywhere. Baseball is big in like Dominican and some are. areas there. I wonder what the professional, that'd be cool if there was like a Central American like there's, league. There's some leagues down there that yeah. are pretty competitive. And well, the cool. Mexican league uh, is. Mexican is, uh, league, but there's some in, the, uh, in that area too because uh, the guys play winter ball there. So you have like oh, major right. leaguers, like decent ones, come play. Oh, that's not so bad. Yeah, I don't know if they play in Costa Rica, but I know they play in that, like a lot of those areas, and like they and they, they and they take it really seriously. Yeah, like sometimes they're like because they're playing in front of friends and family and stuff. Yeah. They take it like just as seriously as they do in the mate. They it's the, that, that could be pretty fun that to watch those fun. games. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else uh, you want to talk about before we uh, call We're, it good? Uh, no free show Saturday. We're back on Sunday with um the scary stories to tell in the dark for you guys, yeah, and patrons. All right. See you then.